A very good morning to you. We're going to that tragedy that unfolded in East Galway over the weekend. We'll be looking at that uh, quite shortly. We're also looking at um, a statement made by the teaching indeed, Leo Bradker, about the amount of people who have died. What is the situation here in the west of Ireland? Also today, we're looking at uh, Tinnitus Awareness uh, Week as well on today's programme. And we have much more, including a lovely story if you're involved in education in the west of Ireland. Uh, we, you could be joining some of the elite in Chicago this coming July because it's a wonderful ambassadors programme. We'll give you full details between now and 12 midday. All our comment lines are open 086 38 A very good morning to you on this Tuesday. Very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. Again, those comment lines are open if you want to get through to us uh, today. And you can do so straight away to those numbers and we'd like to hear from you. Uh, also on today's programme, we're looking at other issues and um, including that smell that's still um, in the Gort area. We're trying to get some details on that. We have some financial advice with uh, Dave McCarthy uh, from McCarthy & Associates on today's programme as well. We'll be going to that uh, as well, just in the 11 o'clock hour. And also today we're giving you a chance um, to send some questions and queries in uh, to Polly from Evergreen. She joins us at half 11 today on the programme. So it's a fairly busy Tuesday. We hope that you had a good bank holiday weekend. And um, maybe if you did and you want to tell us all about it, feel free to uh, call us on those numbers as well. Well, tributes have been paid following the death of a man in a road uh, collision. A man in his 20s has died in a road collision in County Galway. The single vehicle crash happened on the N63 in the townland of uh, Creever Row, indeed Newbridge, Banlasloe, at around 12.45pm uh, on Saturday. Uh, the man who was a passenger in the car was pronounced dead at the scene and his body was taken to Port Yonkla Hospital and the driver of the car was 20, in his 20s was taken to hospital uh, for treatment as well. Local councillor, indeed, Michael Connolly, uh, knows this area intimately and knows this road as well and he joins me on the line today. Yeah, they had a bumper day. I was talking to some of the traders. Uh, went for a walk on Saturday evening after the, the match in Pier Stadium and uh, they seemed to have a, a bumper day, an absolutely bumper day uh, in Salt Hill. All of the traders, uh, all of the shops, all of the bars, and all of the, the um, traders in the area. So uh, a bumper day for them. And a special day because it came just after Christmas and into the first week in February. And it does come at a time that it would otherwise be very quiet. Uh, so good for them there as well. Somebody wants to know about the Curra Line this morning. I'm not aware of an incident on the Curra Line. Uh, if somebody is uh, aware of an incident on the Curra Line, would you be good enough, please? Uh, to let us know again, just call Trace on 0917700077. That's 0917700077 if you want to uh, get in contact with her. Don't forget this Friday morning, by the way, we're coming to you live from Headford uh, because we're out and about and because communities matter to us. Uh, so we're out and about. We're in Skull. Well, no, we're not. We're in Furs Hall. St. Forest's Hall there, so we are in uh, in Hedford. So we'll be there from 9 o'clock onwards uh, this coming Friday. And we have a full programme for you, full programme of events for you. And uh, we're looking forward to that. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a short commercial break here. Uh, we're going to figure out what's gone wrong with lines, and we'll be back to you very shortly. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Let's establish a line with Michael Connolly indeed. Councillor Connolly, good morning to you uh, today. Good morning, Keith. Uh, a tragedy in the area. You know the area well. It's a bad corner. Uh, and this unfolded, so did, uh, just after 12.45 Saturday last. Uh, that's correct, Keith, yeah. Um, 
And apparently the two young men were travelling from on the N63 and the Galway Roscommon Road and um, the car struck a tree at um, Creeveroo Newbridge and uh, the passenger seemed to have taken the brunt of the accident and um, was pronounced dead at the scene of the accident. Now, the emergency services were fairly qu- uh, quick on the scene and the Gardaí were fairly quick on the scene as well. Uh, and again, the... Well, the and, and the Montpellier Fire Brigade and emergency services, etc., were on the scene fairly promptly. <clears throat> but apparently, um, the, when the car hit a tree, the impact of the, of the tree, of the car hitting the tree, seems to have uh, given the, uh, the occupant of the car little or no chance of survival. I was talking to somebody else. And apparently they, um, the other driver was, uh, the driver of the car was taken to hospital and uh, is recovering, I, I, I'm told. Mm. I, I was told by somebody else of some very poignant scenes when um, uh, the hearse came to take the passenger from the car indeed. Uh, to uh, Bal- to Port Yonkler in Ballinasloe and there was a guard the motorbike at the back in the front it was quite poignant one of the neighbours said to me as they saw that car moving away Well it wasn't at the scene Keith because the road was blocked off yeah. and nobody other than immediate neighbours and that could had access to, um, to to the scene because the road was blocked for several hours and um, it was just one of those one of those tragedies Freak accidents happened. yeah on bank holiday weekends, and it's—he was somebody's son, and somebody loved him. I'm sure, and and uh, although were, the young men weren't from the area, their names flying around. But I, I, I just don't want to. No, I just don't want to say anything, Keith, until the name is officially announced. Because I was googling and everything there this morning, and made inquiries, and and uh, I did hear a name, all right, of <coughs> the thief, but I don't want to. I don't want to turn face in case it's not correct, you know. No, let's wait until uh, the, the names are released uh, from there. But again, it's another family that got a knock on the door from a guard to Giacona. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's tough on the family. On the road. We just don't know <coughs> if, we'll ever, if we'll ever make it safe to our location or make it safe back home to, to our family. So I suppose it's just a warning to us all, you know, to to drive with vigilance and, and care on the road and, and uh, just be careful because uh, we just we just don't know. Um I don't know what the um, circumstances of the accident were, but I, I believe the two young men were attending um, a party the night before in the North Galway, on the North Galway area, on the borders of County Roscommon, and uh, the deceased was getting a lift from the other uh, person, from the driver, uh, to Galway, and um, that's all I think that officially is known okay. at present anyway. Yeah, they are making their inquiries. I spoke to a gather this morning, and uh, they're continuing with their inquiries, and they're asking anybody that was in the in the area at the time or may have met the driver, or have seen, have any uh, dash cam footage, etc., etc., to uh, contact to make it available them. to them. All right, Councillor Michael Connolly, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today uh, on the programme. Again, if you can assist in any way, you can contact the guard station in Ballinasloe. They're 09096 uh, 31890. That's 09096 uh, 31890. Uh, comment lines open today on 086 38 33 55 3, with thanks to Rationale Windows. Now, though, the Taoiseach, uh, according to the 
all pressed uh, today. And the Taoiseach indeed, Leo Varadkar, is to seek advice from the Chief Medical Officer uh, in relation to concerns around a spike in the number of people who died in uh, recent weeks. He said he has sold the doll indeed. An increase in the number of excess deaths indeed probably relates to the fact that RSV, influenza, COVID are circulating at the moment. But he's asking the Chief Medical Officer, Professor Brita Smith, to examine the issue. Let me go to uh, tune to local undertaker Joe Grogan, who joins me on the line today. Uh, Joe, good morning to you. Morning, Keith. How are you? Thanks for joining us uh, today. Have you seen a, a spike in numbers, by the way, uh, like what the teacher was referring to over the weekend? Well, I was reading the report, and um, it's basically, I think it's like a snapshot from the, the 1st of December till January, uh, and they're compared to the year before. So uh, you could have a spike of 20% in that month, and the next month it could drop again. So, like I said, overall, I think in, in the course of the year, you could do this basically about the same amount of funerals. Um, but at times like that, in the winter time in particular, you'll see an increase, a uh, definite increase in, in, in funerals. Uh, uh, but that it would, uh, why we don't know, is it due, due to COVID or is it just, you know, just natural, natural causes? Stay with me, Joe, if you don't mind. I want to go to Keith Graney of uh, Keneally's in Galway. Keith, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as well uh, oh, today. On, Would you have seen any spike in the in the city then? Yeah, well, we, we, we as you know, Keith, we, we prepare remains for other people as well. So in our preparation work, there's been a slight increase, you know, um, and our funerals were, were up on last year for January, but then... We're, as Joe said, they were back to the figure we did in 21, yeah. you know. So we kind of, like I'm with Robert here down in Canadians for the last five years, and if you go back over the last five years, as Joe said, we end up doing around the same amount of funerals yeah. throughout the year. You know, I think the statistic is like there's 6.6 .6 deaths per thousand people, you know. So if you take the population of Galway being around 80, you're going to have 500 odd deaths a year, one way or the other, you know. Yeah. But there, there's, you know, there has been a bit of an increase at the start of the year, you know, but will it even out over February, March? More than likely. You know. And Joe, you, you have that same experience then in and around North Galway then. So it's, it's, so the, the West has been spared that spike perhaps. Yeah, again, it, it's, it's, until you see the breakdown of it, like where they got the numbers from, like I think that in the report again, they said like in certain counties mm. or in certain areas, like you could take Dublin and there could be, because, you know, the population of Dublin has increased recently, obviously. And, you know, you could have, as Keith said there, the amount of deaths per, per, per thousand, if you take that into consideration, then you're going to get a spike. But like I say, for the next few weeks, They'll never report if there's a drop, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That you once said that there was a twenty percent decrease in debt. It's to make to make a headline. There's a there's a twenty percent increase. But like I said, I didn't see it here. You see, you know, you might see a bit of an increase over November, December. But as you come into February, March, again, it'll level itself out. But Keith, I mean, winter time with flus and influenzas and older people. Uh, when, I know we're in spring at this stage, we're only a few days into it, but winter time would see the, the, the type of deaths that you and I are talking about. Yeah, you'd see the spike every winter, you know, because, you know, elderly people are people with underlying health issues that they get a, a heavy flu or, or an infection, you, you know, it's hard for them to fight it. And this time of year, people are tending, you know, to pick up those infections. I mean, I'm sure the overcrowding in UHG 
isn't helping with people on trolleys, you know. No. <laughs> but un- unfortunately, you know, but like those numbers, as Joe and myself presented, those numbers leveled themselves out over the year anyway. Yeah. You and, know. And again, I mean, the, the figures we're talking about here, the analysis of death notices on the website, RIP.ie, shows there were 9,718 published in the eight-week period from the 1st of December 2022 to January 25th, uh, 2023, up 20% from 8,075 in the same period a year earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely kind of silly season if somebody's counting all the uh, death notices on RIP.ie. It really yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's like they're trying to do, distract from maybe news about posters going up that weren't paid for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now listen here, young Mr. Green, don't be, don't be stirring <laughs> it, the pot at this hour tomorrow. It must have been a quiet news day, you know. It, must, it certainly must have been uh, from there. Because, you know, the reality of it is, is it, look, whatever numbers we do or Joe does or anyone does, at, at the end of the day, you're looking after a family, you know, and it's important for them that, you know, they're not looking at the statistics. They've lost a loved one. And, you know, if you can get them through that, then you're doing your job right. And as, as myself and Joe might say, we wouldn't have time to be looking at the papers. We're more inclined to look after the people we're, we're yeah. tasked with. But it, it is a difficult job because you're dealing with people at their most vulnerable time. And, like, we've all we've all been there. But each funeral is different and you have to... There's, oh, yeah. There's respect. Every, in, everybody's there's, different. You know what yourself, Keith. Mm. There's no two people the same and, and it'd be a firstborn world if we were all the same. Yeah. But... You know, if you, and, and I'm sure Joe will agree with me 100%, if, if you help someone from the A to B of a funeral and at the end of it they come back and say, like, well, it was done right and we were happy how it was done. I mean, you can't take your grief, their grief with them. No. You know, that's not our job. Our job is to help them through it. And if if the end of it they come back and say, well, yeah, we're happy with the way that was done. Well, then, you know, that's your reward, really. But it's the most vulnerable time for people to uh, whether oh, it's it a, is. Yeah. whether it's a tragedy or an old person. Yeah, exactly. It's still a very it doesn't matter time. if 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 the person is nine or ninety. You know, it's 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 a shock for that family, and it's something you have to try and help them through. And you know, that's that's our job. Mm. And and hopefully we do it to the best of our ability. Oh, um, more more than definitely you do to the best of your ability. But I mean, it's it is a difficult time uh, for all involved. Uh, Joe, have you a funeral today? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going into Keith shortly. Yeah, so we'll see him then. <laughs> so Keith, I mean, when you say you prepare, you do a lot of embalming, and there you specialise in embalming as well. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Robert Robert has built the business up over over years. You know, he'd be a, a specialist embalmer because you know the the smaller guys who might do you know, 30, 40 funerals a year, it, w- it wouldn't pay them to have the facilities we have here in Flood Street. You know, I mean, we've stayed with the art facilities here. And so we we would be the point of contact for an awful lot of funeral directors. And therefore, we see a lot of families that we're not even doing the funeral for, you know, where people be dropping in clothes or asking us about some development. And, you know, so we, we're, we're constantly on the go here in Flood Street. But like that, that's that's what we do, and it's great to be able to help families through it. Yeah. So you would you would take from the likes of Joe and others. Uh, you would yeah, and, and yeah, prepare yeah, and embalm from there. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's it's interesting, very interesting. So it is very interesting. Yeah, the business we built up, you know, over the years. You know, for the smaller guys around the county, you know, where they wouldn't have the facilities and they wouldn't pay them to have the facilities. No. And you know, everybody, we, we live in a situ- society now where everyone expects a good standard, and rightly so. You know, so we've, we've upped our game. The funeral directors around the county have upped their game. The, all the funeral directors in the city have upped their game. You know, we're all providing a very good service for people. And, you know, long may it continue that we can help the people of Galway and the Galway yeah. County. 
Do you know what I did notice? And it's a, by the way, maybe the two of you can just think about this for a second. Uh, I did notice the the amount of uh, people going for cremation rather than burial seems to have increased an awful lot. Yeah, it has increased, yeah, but it's it's increased for different reasons. You know, they, they can be as, as random as that. You know, that was obviously somebody's wishes, or it could be that somebody wants to be buried in the family plot and there's no room left, but there's room for ashes. You know, there's, there's so many different reasons why yeah. people are going down the route of cremation. You know, I'd, I'd be a big fan of it myself, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think it's a great way to deal with it because, you know, I have three daughters. I don't know where they're going to be. The world is so small in years to come. Do they really want to be looking after a grave and round for the Alphala? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm no, and actually we had this conversation ourselves over the weekend, so we did, uh, and I opted for cremation. Well, that, that was as of Saturday. I could change my mind as of tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, yeah the, the, the increase indeed is uh, quite staggering, so it is from there. Listen, well done, yeah, gentlemen. Uh, Joe, have you seen an increase in the county then when it comes to um, cremation as well? Oh, yeah. I said um, uh, just, I think, pre-COVID around, I'd say about 20% of my business, 25% of my business was going to Shannon. Um, and again, like Keith said, it, there's a lot of different factors in this. It, it's not an age thing. It's, you know, just people have opted for it. Maybe um, it's just a nice service you can have in, inside in a crematorium. And it's a nice way to say goodbye rather than, a, you know, a wet cemetery or something. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I've seen definitely, there's definitely an increase in it. And a lot of people have spoke, talked about it and have made their wishes known to me, you know, for future reference. And yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, listen, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme, gentlemen. I'll let you off to do your day job. That's uh, Joe Grogan joining us there and Keith Graney from Keneally's in Galway. Joe from Toom, of course. Quick commercial break, I'm back just after these. And we're looking at a lovely story that came across our desk from Tom Kenny. Stay tuned for that and more to come on today's programme. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Well, Tom Kenny, uh, the wonderful man that is Tom Kenny indeed, um, was on to me during the week about a lovely article that appeared in the Advertiser uh, last week in relation to Our Ladies uh, Boys Club. And I'm joined in studio by Tom Connell and uh, by Jerry Trainer. And um, it's in relation to it, but the story of Our Ladies Boys Club goes back a long, long way. And uh, Jimmy Cunningham and many others have kept it ticking over uh, down through the years. Uh, gentlemen, good morning to both of you this morning. How are you today? Thanks for joining us uh, today. Um, I'll start with you first off, uh, Tom. When when did you find out about uh, Our Ladies Boys Club first, or do you remember that? Oh, I remember well. I was only young lad. Like, I must have been oh, back in the 50s, the mid-50s. Yeah. And nearly everyone from Bormore that was older than me was going to the club. You know, it was a special place. And I always remember when I went back the first day, that time, Boys Club was very strong in boxing. And when you went in the door, there was a fireplace on the right, and there was a presses, and up on top of the presses, there was the amount of trophies, you know, I'd never seen before in my life. That people had won. boxing at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a, something that's not there since. Like, you know, the boxing, boxing died a good few years ago in the club, but yeah. But that time, that was that was the big thing. And Jerry, when did you join? Can I ask you? Yeah, much much like Tom Keith, I spent years down at the bottom of Coast Terrace watching the lads coming back from the camp in Lakota, the Cunninghams, the Cranes, and I thought, God, when can I get into this club? Made several efforts. I was too young. 
one day Bartley Herrick came to me from the terrorist party he was a goalkeeper for the junior soccer team he said we need a goalkeeper for the under 15 soccer team oh god I said I'm your man Bartley but I can't get into the club was that Bartley that lived in Murview then? It, indeed it was just down the road from us yeah. that's right of course of course yeah. of course indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed, wow. indeed and I joined the club at that stage and I was brought back by Jack Cunningham Lord Rishi Saul and uh, as the saying goes like I'm there since and you know, where Morris says to me, you know, not time, look, you're in the way, let them lads do, do their work, you're only in the way there. But I mean, and that was the old club then, wasn't oh, that it? Was that was the old club, old, that was, was the, the old building. No, the old building, the, correct. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I suppose those, those, those annual trips and bringing people away like that, it built camaraderie. And I remember Jimmy often talking about going to Clare Morris. And I, yeah, we're in Clare Morris now over 40 years. Every years. week, the first full week in July. And before that, we were in Bill Carra for another 10 years before that. <laughs> we have our roots in Mio at the States. So I'm surrounded by Mio people today, so listen, <laughs> us townies have to stick together on this one. So, we'll <laughs> but yeah, but, and then there's a lovely photograph that you brought in. Um, Jerry, tell me about this photograph here. Uh, well, that photograph, now, if you take the one with William with his hands in his pockets, that's actually on the boys club site. Once you go into our latest boys club, you can see that in the pictures, you know? Yeah. And the other one, we just came across myself and Tom about two weeks ago. We were out to Jimmy and Mary was there and Mary and the, Jim's daughter with the photographs and Mary gave me some photographs to take and I found that picture of William and I just put it up like that because for the mass please God tomorrow in the club, you know. And in that picture with William is Jimmy, Jimmy Cunningham, Jimmy Cunningham, Cairden Ryan and I think Martin Noon and one other chap that we can't identify. I just took William out of it there and thought it was absolutely yeah. beautiful with his hair and everything. It, it turned up so well, you know. What a good looking man. Oh, fabulous. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. And a great character. He's a lovely guy. Really? He's lovely. Now, we were seven, Tom, five, six years younger as well. You know, we, we Tom played a bit of rugby with William and I'd have known him like coming into the club after the rugby training and giving us a hand at the end of the club night, myself, Christy Cassidy. And uh, it, it was a lovely guy. He's a lovely mm. guy. And we're so happy that we can, please God, have our mass tomorrow and uh, bring him to his place of rest at the new cemetery. Well, it's, but Tom, t- take it's, it's a lovely story. This it's, it's kind of the the culmination of a lovely story. Yeah, it came out of the blue. I got a phone call from Tom Nally. Tom is uh, my brother-in-law, the, 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 fa- the, the famous barber. Yeah, and uh, he said he has the Burks in London. Bobby Joe Burks, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, uh, I know them well, yes. Yeah, so Sean and Bobby. He himself and Tom are cousins. And one of the Burks rang Tom, he said, do you know anyone from Bormore? I said, no, William McDonough. And Tom got on to me and I said, of course, I knew him, I played rubber with him, you know. Mm. So it uh, started from there. He said, there's a man goes in, there's a, a man, PJ McHale, he's from Mayo. And he got on to the Burks, it seemed he's, he's personal friends with the Burks. And he said uh, he was going to this nursing home, his aunt was in this nursing home in London. And uh, he was going in every Sunday to bring the aunt to Mass, to the Roman Catholic Mass on. And he said there'd be about 10 at the Mass. But there was this fellow from Galway, William McDonough. And uh, he said he was there for 14 years, thereabouts. In, in the home? In the home. And he never had a visitor. Uh, and that was the parties that really got to us, you know. Myself and Jerry, when we were explaining to us, you know. 14 years, and we always only was dead because there was no communication, there was no nothing. 
as far as I know, he only came home once or twice. And the family didn't move out uh, more and more. They used to live in Cook's Terrace, the top of Cook's Terrace. And from what Mr. Jerry found out is that I think they, they immigrated to Coventry or Manchester sometime after William going to England. So uh-huh. there was no roots then in Galway. You know, he, co- he had a lot of really cousins. But there was... But PJ, then PJ McHale uh, used to get on to me and he'd say, he's good this week, I was not mass, and then he's bad this next week, and then he was good again. And PJ told me he was coming to Galway, so... And uh, I, I arranged to meet PJ, met him, had a coffee up in the G. And... I bought an, uh, a polo shirt from the club with the crest on it and I parceled it up and I gave it to PJ and I said bring it over to William the next time so about two weeks after that PJ rang me and he said uh, I said how did the jumper go? He said he's like a baby in the bed and he bawling crying and he kissing the jumper and kissing the crest saying the best time ever he had in his life you know It was in the ice club and did he have, did he have, uh, without going into it too much, did, did he have a tough life in England? Uh, I don't, well, I don't, like, like there's so many years we know nothing about. But uh, yeah. according to PJ, he was doing not like he, he was a very wiry fellow, as I said, he won boxing titles. So he, I think as far as we know, he won three kind of titles boxing mm. before he played the rugby, you know. And like he was, he was a t- but then uh, PJ said to me that he was telling that he used to do uh, a bit of minding and a bit of uh, bouncing yeah. over there, you know. But that's what the Irish did, like they, yeah. they, they worked hard to put food on the table, yeah. to put clothes on their back as well, I mean, yeah. we're privileged really on what we have here. And when did you hear then that he had passed, uh, Jerry? when did you hear that he had passed um, away? Well, yeah, just going back to, yeah, PJ, uh, 2014, PJ made contact in the nursery home with William. And to me, PJ is the real hero, the real, the real Christian, really. He's dead from life and death, you know. And fair play to the two, to uh, Bobby Burke and the late Sean Burke um, themselves and PJ were at the cremation. It was the height of the COVID and uh, they were at William's cremation. Uh, and then the Father Dominic was coming tomorrow for the masses in Dublin. Oh, they're burying somebody else actually today. And uh, they, he kept William's ashes in the church and we're very happy about that, you know. Uh-huh. But when when PJ came across William first, William had kind of gone into himself a bit and wasn't much interested in anything, he felt. And then gradually they started the, the talking about the goal with me, oh, and PJ bringing the papers on Monday morning. Eventually William would be saying, look, we beat you yesterday and a bit of banter started going between them, you know. And PJ would have known him for six years before he died, in actual fact. And to me, no, he's the real... He's a real mm-hmm. Christian. I said to him there last week, PJ, do you, you, know, well, do you do so. this? Do you bury people? Do you help? Well, he said, and the Irish person, he said, we'll do our very best to help them. And that's said an awful lot to me, you know. Uh, wh- where's PJ from? What's PJ's surname again? PJ McHale. McHale. And he's from Bangor, Eris, in actual fact. I never met him, now Tom did, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tomorrow then you're having the Mass. So tomorrow's full circle then. Oh, tomorrow's full circular. Full circle. Absolutely full circular, but it's got a two o'clock and we're, we're meeting uh, PJ, Tom meeting PJ and Father Dominic in the Galway Bay Hotel. We were putting them up. They didn't even want us to pay for their keep, but we're putting them up there and we're delighted. 
and uh, the mass and will be two o'clock in the club and then we'll be laying William's ashes uh, to rest in the new cemetery. Now just on the new cemetery situation, myself and Tom were kind of looking and saying, like where are we kind of where's the best place to go? Where do you put them, yeah? And then Tom said to me he just he said, uh, look Jerry, I think if we bought you know, if we bought got one of them plots for the cremation plots, which is yeah, yeah. Cemetery Sunday, you know. And the other one Friday night while I was watching the as she would be the the, the Brian Tuberty, I watch him as well, but from that instance, my tune out, I went into the uh, online and I popped on a Google Maps down to Cook's Terrace and swung around at William's house and I looked down the terrace and I said, Tom, you got it on the money. Mm-hmm. I was looking into the cymmetry, going down that terrace, I'd have passed Paddy McDonough's house, I would have got to the, the end house, Mike, Jimmy, Tom Cunningham, 1959, William went down that terrace, went to the sports grounds with two more, more or less, Bird King and, and, and Eamon Griffin, and won for the first time a title for our latest bias club in rugby. Yeah. And I was, there was another event that morning as well. At about seven o'clock in the morning, they would have left for the club for the retreat. In actual fact, it was the finish of the retreat, which we had every year for many years. And William would have been involved in that as well. Yeah. With Jimmy, of course, Jimmy was involved in everything. Mike, Tom, yeah. the whole works, you know. So I think we picked a very appropriate place and uh, we'll, get the, we'll get the few bob to see it through. And um, so have you, so you raised money to, to yeah, we didn't get much of a chance, Keith. We, uh, how would I put it to Toronto? The lads have been very, very good, and we have we have the hotel, the hotel bill clear, shall we say, like in that. And uh, we we have no doubt whatsoever that we'll be able to get the money from our from our friends, you know. Okay, you have it here, yeah, not yet. yeah. So you have it all here, so yeah. you have, they have the whole lot, uh, w- William. Born 1938, died 2020, uh, born in Cook's Terrace. They're all out there, so you have. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it, it really is a lovely story, yeah. so it is. It is. But we're, we're so happy that we bring them on. It's a sad story, but it's a real Christian story. Do you I, know what? You might, you might talk to me, you might bring PJ, and um, we might try and get PJ and the priest in. Um, maybe Thursday morning we'll see if they're still in Galway. Yeah, I know I know PJ is going they're going to PJ's sister Limerick is unwell and they're going to uh they're going I think on Thursday and probably going back to England. But now you can give me an option and we'll see. Yeah, I'll we'll give say, you an option. Give me an option, good man. I'll give you more than one option, because <laughs> I'm man. afraid I'm afraid of Mora. Man, would it, if Mora <laughs> comes at me and gone, I'll appreciate that very much, you know. It's a it's a lovely it's a lovely story, so it is gentlemen. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And again that mass tomorrow, let's go through this again. Oh, yes, the indeed. mass is at two I'll give you the, that again, the, yeah. Rant, yeah. So the mass is at the mass is at Two o'clock, two p.m. in our latest bias club, in Sea Road, and then you bring the straight remains. to the cemetery then for William's ashes. And the the, the uh, we get this lovely crest come from uh, Fahey's. We have to get it comes out from Scotland, but the inscription is on the grave now. William's name and date of birth and everything is on the grave. Lovely bias club crest will be on the grave, and, we, and we've had great support from the board of management of the club and the, and the rugby people. Of course, we don't want to be putting pressure on them because they have enough to do to be to run the club with the money you know right. thanks very much Keith Jerry Trainer and Tom Connell and thank you and thanks to Tom Kenny for bringing that to our attention it's a, it's a lovely piece so it is and uh, thanks for joining us uh, today uh, again if you can help in any way you can call us here and we can put you in contact with the two gentlemen in question now that can I bring Kathleen Daffy into mic too if you don't mind there uh, because we're looking at uh, Tinnitus Awareness Week and uh, Kathleen sits opposite me today it's a quick changing of the guards so it is this morning, <laughs> Kathleen. How Absolutely, are you? yeah. How are you today? Thanks for joining Very us well, uh, thank today. You. Again, tinnitus is a is an ear condition that people many people have and don't understand it. 
Yes, it's um, tinnitus is the perception of sound in your ears or head that doesn't have an external source. So you're right, it can be connected to the ears. Um, there can be lots of triggers for the onset of tinnitus. Mm-hmm. Um, so any injury to the head, ears, neck or jaw can be can cause tinnitus. And is there treatment for it, Kathleen? Um, well, there's no quick fix, Keith. You know, there's no tablet you can take. It's really all about the management of tinnitus. You know, so that's the service that that Chime provide. I'm from um, the National Charity for Deafness and Hearing Loss, um, Chime. We have um, 12 resource centres nationally. And um, there's a resource centre here in Francis Street in Galway. I know it. So the tinnitus advisor team there provide, in all the centres, provide support for people with tinnitus. And if somebody's listening to us today, what should their first port of call be? Do they have to go to the GP? or? I would recommend that. Um, so if you feel you have tinnitus, um, I would say the first stop is to go to your GP, have it checked out. It may not be anything sinister, but your GP will probably refer you to an ear, nose and throat specialist for a little bit of investigation. Um, again, I wouldn't be overly concerned. It you know, there are lots of things that can lead to the onset of tinnitus. Um, but it, it is good to have it checked out. But it's not something to be frightened about, though, Kathleen. No, I mean, no, you know absolutely it's, not. It's not going to kill you. No. Um, but you need to get it looked into, and er- looked into at an early stage. Yes, and like tinnitus isn't a psychological condition, but it can have a huge psychological Effect, impact on people. Of course, again, yeah. And, and are there definitive tests, indeed, then, for tinnitus to, to determine that it is tinnitus and not just old age or something happened or uh, a loud bang that damaged your eardrums? Well, you know, because tinnitus is an internal sound, nobody else can hear can it. hear it. So really the diagnosis is on the base, basis of how the patient presents. Um, so if somebody presents with ringing, buzzing, different sounds in their head or ears that doesn't have an external source, they have tinnitus. I can, only, I can only imagine what it's like to live with it. Yes. It has to be difficult. Um, it can impact people in different ways. Um, tinnitus isn't assessed on the basis of how loud it is or intrusive it is. It's assessed on the basis of how it impacts somebody. So, you know, there's no two people impacted in the same way. For some people, it has a huge impact on their um, sleep, their concentration, um, but other people then have it and feel it just fades into the background and mm. it doesn't impact them in a huge way. So, you know, Chime are really there to support the people who are struggling with it, to provide information and advice and coping strategies and and a programme to help them habituate to the sound. So let's go back then to somebody that's listening to us, because I know you got a good response last year when we spoke about this during yes. Tinnitus Awareness Week. Um, But if somebody has it and they go to the GP, then does the GP refer them to Chime? Um, The GP can, or they can self-refer to Chime. Can they, yeah. Often the GP or the ENT specialist will refer to Chime, but anybody can self-refer. You can pop in or give us a ring and we can take your details and they can self-refer. And how quickly then would further assessments take place once they would refer? Um, it depends on the, on the demand at that time. Um, I would say you will get a call within a couple of days and 
you should be seen within a couple of weeks. Okay, so it's very... It's Depending a, it's, on waiting lists. Yeah, it's a great service then for people. Absolutely. And it's important to know as well, we're a not-for-profit um, organisation and we're a registered charity. So the tinnitus service is free of charge. Wow. Yes. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. Stop suffering if you have if you have those sounds in your mind. You're not going mad. Uh, there's thousands like you, but what you have to do is do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, one in seven people experience tinnitus. And for anybody who's really struggling with it, I would recommend popping into my colleague Dave Brown in, in Chime in Galway. You're throwing him under the bus now, you know that, don't you? <laughs> Just go in and talk to Dave and say, listen, Cantley was on the radio and she said, Dave, you look after me from there. There's no better man for the job. <laughs> does, does he like a challenge? He does. <laughs> oh, he's wonderful. He's fantastic. Yeah, but there are people out there. I mean, they're, and right now they're saying to themselves, I wonder, do I? And then do I have it? And if I do, well, what you do is consult your GP first. And then is there a number for Chime that people can ring? Um, yes, the yeah. Galway number is 091. Yeah. Five six four eight seven one. Five six four eight seven one. That's an O nine one number. Yes. And Dave will absolutely love you for giving out that number today. So he <laughs> will. Uh, and that that covers the city and the county. Then Kathleen. it do, it covers actually the whole west area. The Roscommon. God, you're really putting me to the pin of my collar now. I certainly um, am. Because I'm based in the Midwest, so the Limerick office covers covers Limerick, Clare, and North Prairie. Galway covers Galway, Roscommon, and Mayo, Mayo. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big area. It is, yes. Big area. And you're yeah. busy, busy, busy. Absolutely very busy. All right. Well, if they want to get further details on this, they can do so. And again, the uh, telephone number uh, for Chime in Galway is 091 if you want to get details. You knew that off the top of your head. I did, I yeah. did. You put me on the spot there, but I got That's it out. Okay. Oh nine one five six four eight seven one and 12 offices right around the country for uh, China, the National Charity. And further details can also be had if you want to know uh, what it's all about. You can go to www.chime.ie. Um, and does Chime look after hearing loss then as well? Absolutely. And for anybody with tinnitus, another thing I'd recommend is getting a hearing test. Um, hearing loss uh, tinnitus can be associated with a hearing loss so Chime offer um, a free assessment a full hearing assessment so anybody could book in with tinnitus or without tinnitus if you have concerns for your hearing um, you can check in with Chime and book in for a free hearing assessment I have a couple of colleagues that I might just book in for me absolutely you know, just, well uh, it's really important I, Keith, and for yourself as well <laughs> you know um, working all day with the headphones and everything yeah. it's really good to to keep on top of your hearing and have it tested every couple of years. It's a good, I never thought of getting my hearing tested. Yeah. Every, everybody seems to focus on their eyesight. If if they feel their eyesight is deteriorating, they're straight into the opticians. But for hearing loss, you know, statistics say that on average it takes um, 10 years for somebody who's aware they have a hearing loss to address it. You know, and that's a really shocking statistic, you know, when, when there is support there. Um, but it tends to be one of those things that people say, oh, I'm not too bad yet, I'll leave it go another few years. And and it, it really should be addressed sooner rather than later. So the hearing should be given the same attention as the eyes? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And no more so than the eyes as we get older, our, you know, as our bodies get older, our hearing reduces. Okay, and try and do those uh, hearing tests as Absolutely, well? yes. Wow. Where have you been? 
have a, have a busload I'll be sending down to Francis Street so I will that's and wonderful Dave can they park up pull up on the path outside if you don't mind there and just we'll roll them into you uh, so 0915648871 from there it's you know we're very, you're very right we should really be looking after our hearing as well absolutely it's absolutely. only when it's gone that you're recognised then that you, you're, you have to get hearing aids and life then changes altogether yes Listen, thank you for popping into us uh, today. Kathleen Daffy, thank, uh, you, thank you for joining us. And uh, Dave Brown is the contact in Galway. So if it's a thing that they don't ring you back, just ring it and ask for Dave again and say, Kathleen said, Kathleen said you look after me. So 0915648871 is the telephone number. Kathleen, safe travelling to you. Thank you for the work that Chime do. And further details can be had from Chime, C-H-I-M-E dot I-E. That's Chime dot I-E for further details. Let's head towards the 10 o'clock news and join the news team there. We have a busy second hour for you. Stay tuned for that and more to come on today's programme. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.